Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You're listening and watching to a special episode of the Preview Crew. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Keith McGinty, and it's Super Bowl week. We're ramping up our preparations with some special podcasts to help fill the long week before the biggest game of the season. This is the first of two podcasts looking closely at the finalists with the people that know the teams best, their own fans. In this episode, we'll be focusing in on the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm delighted to be joined by some of KC's biggest fans. First up, I've got the crew's resident big chief, it's Ross Dud Sterling. Studs, how are we this evening, mate? Yeah, not bad, Keith. I'm starting to get the butterflies in the stomach for, for the game on Sunday, so can only mean one thing, that KC's back at the big dance. And they really have. This is this is becoming a, a common thing for you. You're a big fan of the Arrowhead Invitational, but um, <laughs> taking that wee step beyond as well. So yeah, looking forward to been, chatting. I've been throwing out the Arrowhead Invitational for the last few few pods I've been on anyway. <laughs> and we've also thrown out the Invitational to a few prominent uh, KC fans that know their stuff as well. Um, Next up, we've got Dave Figgins. Dave's a long-suffering Chiefs fan from as far back as the dark days of the noughties when Brody Croyle was a QB. Dave, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. How um, are you yeah. today? Um, yeah, like like same studs really. Sort of the butterflies are just kicking in. You're watching some of the sort of the silly stuff from the Pro Bowl yesterday, and that was quite fun. And then now, now it's now it's down to the serious opening night. It's it's sort of when it all sort of kicks in now. So you look carefully looking at the, the, the live wires just to check and make sure that there's not been any injuries and anything in the walkthroughs and the days. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been watching um, NFL network just before, just before coming on here and just hearing some of the stuff and um, so like, like Clyde Edwards there being reactivated and uh, McCall Harbin missing out and that sort of thing and you, it's those sort of things and you, the margins are so thin when it comes to the Super Bowl that you just you overthink and overanalyze absolutely everything but I'm a little bit a little bit nervous but really really excited as well I'm just glad that we're, we're back in the Super Bowl and I, I want to put the ghost to bed of, of uh, a couple of years ago Fantastic, I'm very envious that uh, the, the Seahawks haven't been there might not be there for a wee while uh, one man who does know these things about the Chief is Brad Simcox. Um, lots of people know you, Brad, as a <coughs> contributor and host of the, the Great British uh, Chief Show and yeah. the creator of Legion of Doom. Uh, sorry, Legion of Zoom. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you need yeah, to be yeah, yeah, charging that you one for that, man, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need to educate me. What's the Legion of Zoom? Oh, you don't know about the Legion of Zoom? He's uneducated, Brad. He's uneducated. Ah, oh, these Seahawks <laughs> fans, man, honestly. <laughs> well, basically, what I did, I just stole the Legion of Boom uh, and just, just put a little little bit of a, uh, a, you know, changed the letter on it and away you go, you got the Legion of Zoom. So basically, the Le- Legion of Zoom was, the Chiefs did have the fastest wide receiving core in the uh, in the league. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they've all kind of left now. I think there's only one left, which is McCall Hardman. Um, yes. but um, yeah, he's injured at the minute and I don't know if he's going to be at the, the kingdom for very long, to be honest, but uh, yeah, it was, it was basically Watkins, Hill, uh, Hardman, anybody was fast really on the, uh, on the Chiefs team and, and, and it carried us to a Super Bowl really, which was 
mind blowing, to be honest. Very strange, but uh, it was one of those moments, I think, as a fan that, you know, if something catches on like that, a nickname and it's just taken off. It's just, it, it was through all of like the American media, it was all the nickname just stuck and it was. Yeah, it was it was something that was out of this world, really, as a fan. Um, and I could talk about it forever more. I, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I I trademarked it and everything. I kept it for the kingdom. Good. I'm not making anything out of it or anything, but I kept I was it. Going for to say, the do you get like do you get like five cents every time someone mentions? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, w- I wish I'd actually patented it for that, actually. But no, it's it, <laughs> it, it's basically anything. I just I just. Chuck it, chucked it in as a daft thing, you know. It was one of those things. I've actually got it in the corner there. There it is, the, the patent. Nice. Um, so I framed it, just something to frame as well. So it was a bit of a memento. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was wild how it took off. But um, I won't bore all the other Chiefs fans on here. <laughs> 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 I'm sure they've heard it I'm all before. You. <laughs> we'll get you on another time. You can tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking for your credentials now, gentlemen. So. We always like to start with a kickoff question on the Gridiron Crew, and tonight's is why did you choose to become a Chiefs fan? Looking at the three of you, it doesn't look as if you're brought up in the Missouri uh, or Kansas area. <laughs> um, it's not going to be passed down generationally to you. Um, David, I'm quite coming to you first, if that's all right. Um, what made you choose the Chiefs? Um, mine's a really, really boring story. So, um when I started working at a, uh, one of my old workplaces, um, one of the lads used to bring in on the down on his downtime, which we had a lot of downtime. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, he used to bring his PSP in. He was playing Madden on it. It was like Madden or seven or something like that. Madden, I think it was like Madden or six, Madden or seven. Um, and I got into the NFL through through that. So. Um, I just decided that I was going to pick a team, but I, I literally just did it absolutely randomly. So I wrote every single team down on a piece of paper and I picked out the Chiefs. Um, nice. Now, <laughs> back to back to your sort of intro before and dark days of Brody Croyle and Tyler Thigpen, that's that's what ensued afterwards and Brad, Brad <laughs> will know all about those days. Um, and then I, I sort of flirted with the t- with the team in and around that time and it's only really since Andy Reid um took charge that I that I properly started to sort started to delve into delve into it. So but yeah I am a long suffering Chiefs fan, yeah. <laughs> You've been through the dark days. I, I like that Absolutely. you went old school. You went old school for choosing your team. Didn't even have that like the app that they have nowadays where they can put all the money. No, no, it was literally it. paper. Bits of paper. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um studs, I'll come to you next. What, what was it you've told it told us on the crew before what made you become a Chiefs fan? But please uh, enlighten some of the listeners that may have not heard before. Yeah, um, for me it was I was fortunate enough to go and coach soccer out in America um, for a couple of years, and again, <coughs> quite quite kind of random when I'd been given my assignment. It was I was based in the Kansas area, I stayed with a couple of families and. Um, Went down and around the stadium. I didn't get to a Chiefs game, unfortunately, but I was in and around the stadium. Went to Kaufman Stadium right next door. Um, so 
and from there you just you got the kind of sense of the atmosphere and how passionate fans were and I think I was really lucky in the fact I was staying with some big Chiefs fans as well so it was I think if I didn't adopt the Chiefs at that point I would have probably get kneecapped or something heading to the flight <laughs> <laughs> to be honest and I still talk to um, Jules over in Kansas whenever the games are on and we're sitting back and forth on Facebook about the games and stuff so it was yeah, just being in and around the area teaching soccer um, Bit of love for the family on it, and that was me. I was away. Fantastic, Brad. You yourself have you been over to the kingdom for a game yet? I, I know you guys won trips over there. Have you been over yourself? Yeah, yeah. I went over in, I uh, was lucky to go over in 2017 actually with the Arrowheads Abroad crew who are the UK Chiefs fans. Um, and it was great, it was it was brilliant. The, the Chiefs rolled out the red carpet for us. It was, um, I think when we went on the tour, they actually said we were the largest foreign contingent of Chiefs fans that actually claim and to think there was only like I think there was about 25 30 of us that were there and we thought right. blimey I mean it mustn't have had many <laughs> many foreign fans <laughs> over there you know it was odd but um just going back to what Studs was saying there I mean you know it it does it gets in your blood it really does um that that, that seems to be the thing with with Kansas City it's it's infectious um the the people uh the fan base just really kind of just roll out the red carpet for everyone and no matter where you are they want to know about where you're from why you're a Chiefs fan you know um you know what your other interests are outside of that and it's very very surreal um because you feel they, they really kind of put you on a bit of a pedestal I don't know if, if the other lads mm -hmm. have been as well but they put you on like this kind of um yeah, you, you seem to be like paraded around that you know you've you've come along and you're one of theirs you know you're one of their own and it's very surreal, but um, my old story kind of started was um, just watching TV one night on the couch, um, and I'd kind of fallen out of love a little bit with the Premier League, just the way it's been going. I mean, I'm a Newcastle fan, and um, at the time, Newcastle were kind of on the on the down. They've been on the down yeah. for a good a good decade, you know. And I was just thinking, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm sick of the Premier League now. I've had enough of it. I, de I dedicated my life to Newcastle uh, since the. God, when was it? Uh, early 90s, late 80s kind of thing. So it was very much like, I need to find somewhere else. I want something a bit more hard-hitting, you know? And laid on the couch one night, and I'd watched Super Bowls before, and I always fell asleep at halftime. I didn't really know what the hell was going on, but I always liked the spectacle of it, and I've always liked yeah. anything that was American or anything. I've always been quite fascinated with America from a young age. So watching this program about uh, Marcus Allen, um <laughs> being a raider um and he obviously had this turbulent relationship at the time with the raiders owner um al davis and at the end it was all about uh alan getting his own back on the raiders by going to the chiefs and that was like literally the last five ten minutes of the show and i was like i didn't know who that team was i had no idea who they were because never seen him in a super bowl put it that way <laughs> so i was like who the hell is this who the hell is this team so um as soon as I started delving into the history of it and um, and the fan base and the players that they had, you know, having the, the likes, I knew I knew a player like Joe Montana. I knew, you know, I knew that he played at the 49ers, but I had no idea that he played at the Chiefs. So it was just a spiral. It was going down a rabbit hole one night, and you know, just just finding out about the team, finding out that I was kind of relating quite often to the team. I love barbecue. That was the key thing as well, you know. <laughs> Being a Chiefs fan, you have to love barbecue. And I was like, well, that's me. That's definitely me. Um, and 
yeah, it just started off from there. And I, I watched a few games tailing off in like 2011. And I always remember Kyle Orton. And I thought Kyle Orton was going to be the future for the Chiefs <laughs> after he beat the, <laughs> yeah, beat the Packers. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to give myself up for the 2012 season. And uh, yeah, that kind of bombed, didn't it? <laughs> 2012 <laughs> was 2014 and that was it. I was like, oh, well, I'm stuck with them now. So... Uh, but it's been great. It's been it's been brilliant just to see that kind of rise and and seeing like you know the likes of Andy Reid and Alex Smith coming in and just seeing this team just transform from what it was. You know, seeing seeing what Dave was saying. You know, seeing the the dark days uh, going like the likes of two and fourteen and all of the, the kind of dross that we had beforehand with uh, with some of the quarterbacks that we had to suddenly like this rise that we've had has been brilliant, been phenomenal. Like you said, and the. the- you didn't have to wait much longer after 2011, 2012. It was 2013 that Andy mm-hmm. Reid actually came in and took over there. We'll yeah. get to Coach Reid in a, a moment, but first of all, I'd like to hear from you what your, your favourite non-Super Bowl memory of the Chiefs are. You've been fans for a long time, by the looks of it, guys. You've got some great highlights, certainly in recent years. Um, Studs, I'll come to you first. What would be one of your highlights um, from your time following the Chiefs? I, I think one of mine is, is going to be total recency bias and it's going to be not this season so not complete recency but last season against the Buffalo Bills and just <coughs> 13 seconds flash up on that and that <laughs> and then you just when you hear the mic'd up version with Kelsey and Mahomes you yeah. can hear Mahomes tell them do it Kelsey do it and then that just kicks off it and obviously takes any overtime and we know the rest of the story for there. It's just sitting watching that. I'm pretty sure that was the the late game that night. So you're we're still going at like three in the morning UK time, and then you're sitting in the edge of the couch watching it and watching this play develop. And uh, it was just an unbelievable memory. And um, unfortunately, we couldn't finish it off the following week. But that those 13 seconds, just the sheer elation and trying not to scream and wake everybody up in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding that myself. I'm I'm pretty recent. It was mostly during lockdown that we started um, chatting more about the the NFL. I, I myself, when I was it was a kid in the nineties, Channel Four was brilliant for Italian football. But we also had all the American sports, and that's kind of where I got into it myself a wee bit. Um, went away from it for a long time, but recently get back into it. But um, it, it really is the drama of it all. How that. In that final two minutes, anything can happen. Teams that would look absolutely out of it, that wee special moment can can happen for them. Dave, what about yourself? What's your your favourite non Super Bowl memory? Um, when I was thinking about this, that the first game that came to mind was, and this isn't my game, by the way. And the first game that came to mind, or the first moment that came to mind, was the overtime game in against the Broncos in twenty sixteen. Um. <sighs> when when with five seconds left Cairo Santos hits the game winning field goal but it, he hits it against the post and it goes in yeah the doink but, game yeah. Yeah. yeah the doink the doink game um, and obviously that was right at the start of the 15 run 15 win run that we're currently on against against the Broncos it was like game two or three um, but when I started thinking about that I started thinking about that season in general and the week after was the game against Atlanta, which was the Eric Berry game. Um, and um, if you're not familiar with it, Keith, Eric Berry got Hodgkin's lymphoma um, 
he missed he missed almost a full season going through chemotherapy. Um, and he he he's from Atlanta, uh, and it was a game in Atlanta, and he um, he had a pick six in that game, and then yeah, he had a pick six in that game, and then with about four minutes left on the clock, um, the Atlanta went 28-27 up by scoring a touchdown and they went for two points to try and make it three, um, to try try and get them three in front. But Eric Berry picked it and ran it the length of the field and got a two-point conversion (laughs) for the Chiefs. And and that won the game. And just the whole thing around his comeback and, and the fact that he was at home in Atlanta and he got a pick six and then a pick two and both of those were influential in winning the game was just... That, that's probably my my favourite moment as a Chiefs fan, but other than the Super that's, Bowl, obviously. That's that's what the sport does to you. Absolutely, it throws up special special <laughs> moments like that. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I'll need to go and look at that up. There'll be loads of things. I'm going to note these all down. Go and have a wee study after the the podcast records tonight. But uh, that's that's pretty special. That Brad, you've got to try and top that one now. I can't top that one. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that one. Uh, no, I think my favourite one was um, it was by my favourite player actually, Jamal Charles. Uh, the five touchdown uh, game against the Raiders was uh, sweet. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, <clears throat> just seeing him just dice them up um, in, in black hole as well, and doing his little dances in there, and they were throwing <laughs> beer at him and water at him and everything. He was getting showered. He just did not care. Um, yeah, phenomenal player, and uh, he, he was probably one of the only players that we could really get excited about at that yeah. time as well. So it was um, it was phenomenal to see him play like that. But yeah, definitely one of my favourite moments. That and and if if we could have had this all line that we've got right now, I, oh my days, he would be destroying them, wouldn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Some great memories there. As I say, plenty of things for us to, to look up we'll retweet a few of them from the gridiron crew account as well we'll move on now to the the current team and it all really started in 2013 when andy reed um, came and joined the this the team so what are your memories from what was just before then and dave and brad you'll be able to help us with this one maybe a wee bit more than than studs and i but what was your memories just before that to when he came in and how did it feel at the time? Was there a sense of expectation that things are going to change, that things were on the way up? Had they had such a good reputation? And I think it's quite interesting that he had, what, um, 13 years at the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's how you guys are playing this weekend. I think that's quite interesting as well. It adds a little extra bit of spice to the, the match this weekend. What was the, the feeling around the team before... And did he took over, um, and to what it went to whenever he, he came in. Brad, I'll start with yourself. Yeah, Andy Reid. I mean, it was. I mean, we had the Rome, Romeo uh, Cronell days before that, so it was. Um, it was very much. <laughs> I think we were trying to throw anything at it just to see if anything would stick. I think. Um, I think that was the feeling from the kingdom at the time. But um, no, Andy Reid came with a, a great kind of resume that he's got, and you know, he's he, he was uh, a, pr- a prominent. Uh, coach at the Eagles so it just meant that I think Chiefs Kingdom wanted somebody to steady the ship and I think that was pretty much what the appointment of Andy Andy Reid was really it was steady the ship and and try and get us built up into a contender and um, he did that really with with Alex Smith as well he made sure that he, he you know 
he got the guy he wanted to actually steady the ship. And Alex Smith was perfect for that. You know, you, you could just drop Alex Smith into that role there, the quarterback role, and he would just it just meant they could build the team around him. Um, and it was it was great, really. I mean, he's he's such an, a, a, a talented offensive mind as well. I think that you know it suited Chiefs fans the fact that they could see what the Eagles were like um, previously with their you know the offensive talent that they had, and it just meant that bringing that to the Chiefs, I think there was a lot of excitement from fans, and and there was expectation because you know even though they hadn't won anything for you know forty odd years at the time, it was just meant that you know. It felt that we we could be on the right track here if we if this actually takes off. Um, Andy Reid could be the one that brings us brings us success, but um, that's what it felt like at the time. And like I said, I think everyone was sick of the Cronell days. I think I think that was the main thing that, that everyone was kind of you know ready for a change. I think. Yeah, Dave, just looking at his record when he was at the Eagles, it like you say stabilised them it, in the mm-hmm. NFC East. It really did make them the probably the dominant team there. Um, about six, seven times in his uh, 13 years there that they were the first team in the NFC East. Just couldn't get them on to, to win that, a Super Bowl there. Um, were you looking forward to, to him coming in? Had you had that sense of expectation or was he more, he's a talented coach, maybe he'll be able to do something, like you get that bit of stability because the preceding years up to him coming in, it was up and down for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, the four straight... Um, NFC championships, a uh, championship game. Sorry, um, that that was something. I mean, I know that we joke about it and we call it the Arrowhead Invitational now because it's been five straight years. But but that that was a, a million miles away when when Andy Reid came in and and yeah, there was an element of expectation. But even then, I don't think we we expected it to be as 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 dominant as as it has been. Um, like seven straight AFC Wests, um, five straight uh, AFC Championship games at Arrowhead, which has never been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, and, and obviously the teaming up with Alex Smith was was fantastic. And Alex Smith was my first um, my first NFL jersey, um, so I love the guy to bits. Um, but but then obviously the teaming up with with Mahomes, which is just. Um, with, with with the brilliance of of Andy Reid and the way he's just been able to drop players up in the mud and then you combine that with Mahomes um, and some of the off killer players that that Travis Kelsey does, it's just it's just a match made in heaven. Absolutely, and studs from your time with your uh, friends over in uh, Kansas, uh, Kansas City, I should say. Um, what? How do they? How do they? perceive Andy Reid as he revered over there as a, as a godlike figure is it all down to him according to the your pals over there <clears throat> from listening to obviously the families that I'm still in contact with over there I think it's it puts me and again I, I don't want to bring up the Patriots on this um, on this kind of pod particular but it's like a kind of perfect um, synergy between coach and quarterback and again we've seen mm-hmm. that at the Patriots with Belichick and Brady and it seems as if Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes have got that connection. And it's when you talk to them about the Chiefs, they don't really talk about one without the other if they're talking about their mm-hmm. offensive play. So, yeah, I mean, Andy, Andy Reid will always be, a, I imagine, a godlike figure in the Kansas City area now, especially considering 
how he's turned around to the franchise. Um, but when they're speaking about Andy Reid, they're going to be speaking about the likes of Mahomes. And, and again, even to a lesser extent, Alex Smith, when, as Brad says, when he came in, he, he was that steady quarterback. He was he was good without, well, sorry, better than good because he took us into the playoffs as well. He, he was great, but he just wasn't that exceptional talent to kind of get us over the hump. And he, as I say, you've seen some phenomenal plays. Like Alex Smith, I think people forget, took us into Foxborough on opening night after the Patriots Super Bowl win the season before and absolutely dominated them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we had and Kareem Hunt. And so it's, it's wee things like that that you see, you see as well from those QBs. And again, that's coming for Coach Reed, having that relationship and being able to manage these guys and work with them and allow them to probably be a little bit of themselves as much as he'll develop plays, allowing them that kind of freedom. I think um, something that's probably really key. Is that what? How would you describe him as a, a manager? You're saying that he, he puts a lot of faith in the the players. What's his? What would you say that uh, an indeed team looks like? Is it they run the ball really well? Is it that he comes up with interesting and unusual plays? How would you describe <laughs> him? Was it him that came up with Ring Around the Roses? That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> you know what? The snow, the snow globe. You know what? A lot of the games, uh, you hear that uh, they have a lot of fun in training about it. And uh, one of the things is um, he'll actually let them draw up players. And if he likes them, he'll he'll then say, yeah, yeah let's, let's run it. Let's see what it's like. Um, and that's I think that's what I think the players respect that because they feel as though they're putting a the level of input into it as well. Yeah. Um, I think the Ring of Roses, whoever dreamt up the Ring of Roses play, <laughs> I, I don't know who that was, but um, it sounds like it's something that probably Travis would put, would bring up, I think, um, <laughs> because uh, it, it was a very much a, a bit of a, a Mickey take, I think, of um, of the Raiders. Um, but yeah, we, we've seen it a few times, you know, where we've got like, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the other one where we had Noah Gray. Uh, take the snap uh, as Mahomes was shouting at Kelsey and looked as though there was a bit of miscommunication there and yeah. Yeah. Noah Gray just like you know snuck the ball in over the line and stuff for a touchdown so it's players like that that, that make it fun and I think the players like I said they respect Andy Reid for that because he's not frightened of actually trying new things and that's the beauty of him I think that's the you know there's, there's so many people that or so many coaches that are very much sticklers for their own playbooks and, you know, their own play designs and stuff. But Andy Reid's just like, let's just have some fun with it. I mean, we've seen things like Hungry Pig Wright. That was another one that uh, that came out of nowhere that, um, you know, Dontari Poe was there. There was the bloated Tebow again where Dontari Poe threw the touchdown pass. There's, there's all sorts of weird and wonderful plays that, this is the beauty of watching the Chiefs because you really don't know what's going to happen next. You think it's just, you know, they're going through the motions and all of a sudden there'll be some kind of weird play appears. Um, and it's, it's the, the, fantastic to watch. The one that comes to mind is Spinter Rolls Bowl, right? Um, yeah, the, the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super um, Bowl, yeah. God. And, and that's another thing about Andy Reid. He just he watches so much film. The, and that was in the Rose Bowl in like what the forties or something like that, the forties or fifties or something. And he because he watches so much film, he'll pick and choose and and slice and chop players that he likes and and put them together, kind of like a Frankenstein a little bit. Um, and yeah. and and then obviously the the stuff where in training players aren't afraid to come and, and see him, but it's it's not just the the, the offensive mind of, of Reed, it's 
Um, I mean, you can see from his coaching tree as well that it's the the ethos that he has as well. There's not very not very many players that have played under Reed that dislike him or come out and say that they actively dislike him, and and that's a, another factor because they're, they're willing to run through walls for him as well as the the fun factor and the fact that he's just an offensively brilliant mind. It's that open communication and allowing yeah. the ideas to come in that, that buys that, that gets that buy-in from his players mm. and there's there's a bit of fun about them as well. I, it's quite you get studs, you get a lot of stick in our uh, WhatsApp uh, <laughs> chat about the Chiefs, but they are a fun team to watch. They they always seem to have scores in them. They've got doesn't matter how badly they're playing, the injuries they've got, they're quite put points on the board, and I think that's one of the interesting things for. And when it comes to this game, I'm, I'm a neutral. But it's interesting to see and it's exciting to watch the, the Chiefs play. But as you mentioned there, you can't really mention Coach Reed without the other part of that that's making this such a successful period for the Chiefs. And that's Patrick Levon Mahomes II. Um, drafted in 2017, he was his 10th pick. <laughs> I think it was he projected to go up much higher than that. But were you lucky to get him in the tenth packet there, or was that? Um, I, think I don't know because it, to get him. oh, go yeah, we we so did move up to get him. Go on, sorry, sorry, studs. No, that's no why, Randy. As I say, that's what we. I think we, if I remember right, we'd moved up, we jumped up to get him because I think there was rumours the Saints were. Yeah, and that was the next them. pick. The Saints were picking at eleven. Um, yeah, but but there was the. I mean, the. I've heard Sean Payton talk about this because he said that they kept it quiet because his stock wasn't necessarily that high going into the draft. He was probably the third choice um, pick behind um, Watson and Trubisky. Um, but because there were some people even saying take him in the second round um, because, because all of these sort of flashy players, they were, they were saying that these flashy players don't translate to the NFL and, um, he's a he's a a pick waiting to happen. Um, Brett Five Brett Five 2.0 without the ability or with less ability or whatever. Um, and it was more Brett Veach who was who was the driving force behind behind picking Mahomes. Um, and yeah, but with the Sean Payton thing, sorry. Um, so they they worked him out. They did a workout with him. They, he said that they worked worked out for about three hours. Um, and as soon as he left, he said they told nobody that they were there because they they were like, "That's our next quarterback," and then, and then obviously it wasn't because the Chiefs moved up, <laughs> um, which which is funny because they moved up. Uh, they did a trade with the Bills, and the Bills were obviously looking for a quarterback at the time, um, or within that within that era. Um, so it was convenient that that we've got. To be fair, we've got the greatest quarterback of all time, so I'm I'm not really that bothered. <laughs> when you look at it, it was some um, draft class that year. Miles Garrett was the number one pick overall. Um, Mitch Trubisky went uh, number two. Some of the other so names. You say there was a good draft class. Mitch Trubisky. There's <laughs> <laughs> always an outlier. <laughs> uh, for Nate was that year. Um, who was the other one? Jamal Adams and. Mike Williams, but then uh, the eighth pick was uh, Christian McCaffrey. So an interesting year, certainly, and some players have went on to, to dominate. 
the league for years to come, uh, including Lenny Fournette. But um, <laughs> there's some there's some really, really interesting players. But it, it just shows you that for all that uh, Andy Reid watches his the tape that he watches, he's identified something in Mahomes that he thought this guy's special. Um, what was he like whenever he first came in? Did he did he hit the round? Uh, hit the ground running, was he a starter in the first season? Brad, what can you tell us about his early days? It's, you know, I always remember the uh, the kind of um, backlash, I suppose, from other fan bases that were happy that the Chiefs had got Patrick Mahomes and they were thinking that, you know, in his first season that he was going to be a starter, he was going to be throwing picks left, right and centre. I just, I still see the tweets and I see, still hear all the social media comments about him just being like, he's going to be this huge bust and everything. And uh, I think in the training session, I think Mahomes was doing this on purpose, but I think he threw something like double-digit uh, interceptions uh, <laughs> during the training sessions. And it was it was hilarious because, uh, like, literally, Broncos fans, Raiders fans were going, this is it, we, this is our time now because they've got this this absolute dud that they got in the um, in the draft. And it didn't materialise like that. We know, we know what Mahomes' <laughs> first start of season was all about, weren't we? But um, I think it was right as well. I think... Um, Andy Reid had a bit of a difficult uh, decision here because he brought Alex Smith in and he was very happy with Alex Smith. And Alex Smith was balling out. I mean, the season that, uh, you know, 2017, he balled out. I mean, that's probably the best season I've seen Alex Smith play. And to have Mahomes waiting on the sidelines and then for Andy Reid to make that decision and go, do you know what, we're going to have to go with this kid now. Completely different style to what Alex Smith was. But mm. it was right for him to settle him in that year. I think I, I was crying out to get him out on there right now because I've I've had a bit of an issue before where um, when I used to do some YouTube videos I didn't mention that Alex Smith was he's a good he's a good quarterback but he wasn't he, he wasn't that quarterback was going to get us to a Super Bowl and I said yeah. nice guys don't win Super Bowls and Alex Smith is that nice guy he's not he hasn't got the bite he hasn't got the the um, the kind of like um, almost like animal instinct to actually go out and actually win a game. Now you saw it a few times. You saw it when it was like, when he was playing against the Chargers and he, he, he did that amazing uh, last drive to, to beat the Chargers in the, in, in, in the game over at Los Angeles. And it was, it was one of those games that you think he can do it. He had it in his, he had it there, but he didn't mm -hmm. see it enough. But when you saw Mahomes went on the sidelines, he had that hunger Yes, he had the talent as well, but he had that hunger as well that he 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 just wants to win games. I think because he came from college and he came from such a crap team from college, I think he was wanting to see some wins instead of losses all the time. So I think um, Andy Reid, there's not enough said about Andy Reid, how he actually adapts to a different quarterback rather than the quarterback adapting to a, to a, to a mm -hmm. head coach. He Andy Reid adapts to the style of his quarterback and he dreams up plays that actually helps his quarterback a lot. Um, you know, we saw it previously with like McNabb and everybody in like you know in, in in at the Eagles and stuff. So it was it was brilliant that we had Mahomes, but it was that really difficult decision: do we go with Mahomes or do we stick with Alex Smith? Now, turns out it was great trade. Um, it was great for us. Um, Obviously, it wasn't wasn't great in the end for Alex Smith when he got his injury at, at, at Washington. But I just think that Mahomes had that excitement. He had the arm cannon. He had the side arms. He had he, he could do things that I think Andy Reid was on the sideline just licking his lips, thinking, "There's so much I can do with this kid." 
And we saw it in that first season. I mean, like, for what, 50 yards, uh, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards in your first year. I mean, well, first year as a starter, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's phenomenal. Um, and, yeah, it's. I think Chiefs fans expect that every year now. <laughs> That's the problem. He's kind of set a, a bit of a standard, um, but he's 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 leveling leveling up each time. Uh, it's brilliant to see him. He seems to have just um, its own like level just now. Whenever we're talking about the quarterback mm-hmm. rankings, just now there's no one that in this current setup that that can get close to him. Studs, what is it you? You absolutely adore about Patrick Mahomes. Um, is it the side arms? Is it he's just create creativity uh, in the pocket? What he sees and or how he, he makes other players better within that team. See, see, for me, one of the things that I absolutely love is see when he starts scrambling and it's that kind of wee half waddle, half run down the sideline. <laughs> and I think there was no better um, example than the Titans in the championship game a few years ago with that with that touchdown. It's just it's no it's a weird one. It's not quite a sprint. It's not quite a jog. It's sort of somewhere <laughs> in between. Um but I know his creativity is undeniable. I mean that um first season of starter when you're seeing him doing no look passes against the Ravens and the wee as you mentioned, the wee sidearms that we're seeing every single week and things like that. It's just to have the balls to do that as you're setting genius a starter. It tells you something about the confidence of the guy and he's rightly so. He's a massive believer in his own ability because he's, he's never looked back from when he took that starting job. And again, the Chiefs fans are... <laughs> the Chiefs, we've seen Brad Bowen when you mentioned his name earlier. It's like, <laughs> I mean, that really kind of says it all. It's literally just... The, the guy's frightening. He really can't do any wrong in, in the kingdom at all now. So... It's uh, uh, his, his creativity and his, his waddle, run, jog, sprint is a couple of the things I absolutely adore. <laughs> I think when he spilled the ball in the last game against the Bengals, everybody blamed the kick guy for the ball, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> that, it, it was so weird to see that one just cause, yeah. because... It was the kick guy's how, fault. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's just, you just don't expect it. It was literally what like you're expecting, right? Nice, easy side pass out, out to the side and then you're like, well, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's going on? So I thought, no, even as Brad says, even then you're looking for somebody else to believe rather than Mahomes. <laughs> what were you doing there, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you you mentioned whenever he, he did come in at first, it was kind of Andy Reid knew that he needed a bit of time to bed in to get acclimatised to going from college football to playing in the NFL and how it was just like a rebuild season. This was meant to be a rebuild season for you guys, was it not? Are you surprised that you've done so well with the, the offensive players that you've had? Defence haven't been as strong as um, you would expect for a team that's that's got their their fifth Arrowhead Invitational that are made their way to the Super Bowl as well. Is it Patrick Mahomes that's carried you there? Is it Andy Reid's creative genius and tactical genius that, that, that's got you there? Because the the players that you've got, I mind early on the season with Tyreek Hill going to the Miami Dolphins, some of the other players that, that left, uh, saying Edwards Hilaire is just coming back just now. He hadn't looked too hot at certain points of the season. We're just hoping for just, right, we'll have a winning season this year, maybe another a championship, but then not really expecting to go this far. What did you think, Dave? 
Um, this is going to sound like such a cliche, but when you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've always you've always got a chance. You've always oh, always got a chance. I think we've already taken a drink here, now, guys. Come on, that's actually. <laughs> <laughs> is it definitely um, a drinking game, that isn't it? <laughs> uh, but but I, I mean, amongst Chiefs fans, we always have a laugh because every season, no matter what, the Chargers always get picked to be the the, the winners of the AFC West. They always get crowned the AFC West champions before the start of the season and we always have a bit of a laugh and a joke about it and to be honest they're probably the team that um, have have the Chiefs number more than the other teams in the AFC West particularly the Broncos um, uh, <laughs> but but go, going into the season even though it was a sort of slight rebuild obviously you lose big two huge huge players in Tyreek Hill and, and Tyron Matthew Um and you're bringing it. You're you're working with multiple rookie DBs, um, and um, you're trying to work an offense that hasn't got that necessarily got that over the top ability to to just score on every on every uh, player. Um, but but then because of that, um, the diversity in, in terms of of offensive players has just allowed Andy Reid. You've given him a whole off season to be able to just draw up multiple players for multiple people and, and back to what I think it was what Brad was saying about how he he works around the quarterback well he also works around other people in the offense as well so yeah I, I think you see it game by game there's no like they, they are the worst team to pick um fantasy players for because <laughs> yeah because one one week um Clyde Edwards is gonna gonna rush for for 85 yards and then the next week, Jarrett McKinnon's going to catch three from the backfield uh, uh, that go for touchdowns. And then you're going to get Isaiah Pacheco or you're going to get uh, Juju going for over 100 or MVS or mm-hmm. McCall Hardman on jet sweeps or wh- whatever it's going to be. And then obviously you've got Kadarius Tony coming in as well now. Um, but th- And that's the, that's the sort of brilliant diversity that, that's been brought in this season. And I think it's caught a few teams off guard because the so used to playing that high coverage over the top stuff with Tyreek Hill that what and and obviously the middle stuff with with uh, Travis Kelsey that when you throw in the other stuff and you saw that with MVS in the um in the AFC Championship game um that once you've got those different pieces that can do different multiple things and you've not you're not looking at one player or two players that have got that are that are looking for multiple targets every game then, then yeah. I think that diversity has allowed the team to be able to be that that big team again. The FC West is certainly going to be interesting next season um, with the Broncos hiring your old four, um, Sean Payton. Um, that'll be interesting. I wonder if he, he still got if he got over um, you guys beating him to Patrick Mahomes when he was at the. The Saints, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. You're looking forward to that rivalry, Brad? Yeah, I think we, we always are. I think with uh, any of the AFC West, it's always... It, I don't know if anybody else feels it, but I always feel more nervous in an AFC West rivalry game. Um, even though we seem to have their number all this time, it does feel like we've ran been ran close a few times. Um, mm-hmm. Like Dave was saying, the Chargers seem to have run us close a few times. The Raiders have probably been more successful, I suppose, um, in a way um, where they've they've had a couple of games where they kind of had the better of us towards the end. But um, 
Yeah, I always feel a bit nervous with that because you, the first thing you want to do is obviously win the division. That, that, that's what you've got in mind. So you, you're not even looking at the playoffs at the time. So you, you want to make sure that your team is sitting on top at least midway through the season um, to give mm-hmm. yourself a good fighting chance. But, um, you know, Peyton coming in uh, with, you know, having Russell Wilson there as his quarterback, you know, it he might start getting the best out of, uh, out of Russ, Danger Russ. Uh, Mr. Unlimited. Um, and, you know, it, it probably just takes, a, you know, a head coach to come in and, and kind of, again, settle that ship, you know. Um, but the Broncos, we said for a while that they were pretty much a quarterback away from actually being a contender. Now, we all thought that was going to be it this year because obviously Wilson comes in and he's, you know, he's had such a, a good resume with the Seahawks. Um, but it never really materialized and i don't know what it was because uh, he had he had the weapons there um you just thought at some point it's going to click it never really materialized um it must be the head coach i mean that's that's probably what you're going to have to go back to for the, if you're a broncos fan go back to basics get a new head coach in somebody who's been there done that won a super bowl before you know you want somebody with that kind of um, background and i think yeah, I think I think they we need to kind of be careful, tread careful. I think for the next season or two, uh, when when Peyton's there, because yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. No, yeah, it'll be interesting, certainly. Well, looking ahead to the the game then on Sunday, <coughs> buds, um, we'll have a wee quick look over the the defense the, to start with. Um, I think fifteenth or sixteenth defense in the in the league for a team that's going to Super Bowl. Are you surprised that he's have done so well or? Do you think you could maybe mask the the issues that you have in defence with the um, the quality of your attack? I I actually think, uh, and I think I probably did say it a few times in the pod. I think our defence is underrated. Um, yeah. It gets stronger as they see, it's, and it's a typical Spags defence, and we've seen it over the last number of years with Spags' defence. They start off slow and then they get better as the season. <coughs> And they lead on to the into the playoffs and stuff, and it's it, every single year this seems to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about a defense with I want to say four rookie DBs at back there. It's, um, you've got Justin Reed who's just joined this year. You've got Karloftis on that front line um, at the other edge for Frank Clark as another rookie as well, and then. You've got Chris Jones in there dominating in the front, and um, when Chris Jones wants to eat, then you can. You seen last week what he can do to a game. I mean, he absolutely wrecked that game last week for me, and, and I think we've seen that through the season. You've just seen the defense start to pick up and pick up and pick up. The rookies have got more familiar with the system. They're there to start to have big games. Bolton for me as well. I think he's he's been very underrated this season. I think he's an tackling machine. Absolute tackling machine he is. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say, Dave. He's just an absolute machine in there. Um, So, as I say, I think think our defence is underrated and probably getting slept on a little bit for the Super Bowl. And I hope they can do that. that. (laughs) You guys would say that. You guys would say that, though. Dave, (laughs) um, anybody else that, that really stands out to you from your your D, um, maybe even in the second day that you you think is maybe an unsung hero? Trent McDuffie, I, I'd probably say um, rookie rookie cornerback. He's I think he's been outstanding considering he's he's new to the NFL. Um, not necessarily heavy in picks, but his coverage is, is quality. Um, 
I think going back to what Stud said though, like Chris Jones and Chris Jones is 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 on. It doesn't matter how many how many people you get on him, and and the the offensive line for the for the Eagles is is really good. But I still think when Chris Jones wants to eat, like Stud said, he, he eats. Um, it's his most productive year in a in a Chiefs jersey, um, and he's he's only twenty eight, and he's he seems to only be getting better as as, as time goes on. Um, but not only that, I think the the supporting cast, like Frank Clark, when playoff playoff Frank Clark is just a different animal to to to, to regular season Frank Clark, and it's one of those things where when we're looking at re-signing Frank Clark, it's like you have to consider that that factor because he just is completely different when it when it comes to the playoffs, um, and then obviously you've got George George Carl after this. I think we're we're definitely better at defending the run than we have been in previous years. Um, because because of the 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 DTs, the defensive tackles, I think um, even some of your your backup defensive tackles like Saunders and um, and players like that 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 allow us to to stunt the run, and um, that I think that's going to be vital going into the Super Bowl because because this Eagles offense is so good when it comes to the run, particularly in RPOs. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that front that front line and getting pressure on the quarterback, particularly with Jalen Hurts' injury, is is going to be important for the Chiefs going into the Super Bowl. I want this to be a, a, a Chiefs-focused podcast, Brad, and I want us to big up your highlights here, but is there anyone in the Eagles that you're particularly worried about against your defence, or do you think you can get the, the number? Well, I mean, you've got to say about the the Eagles' O line is uh, is tremendous. It's what number one in the league, um, you know. And yeah, they've had a they've had a great season, but I don't think they've been totally tested yet. That's what I believe. I think um, they've had a they've had a favourable schedule. I would say. Um, I think it was what it was the twenty twenty first or twenty second, like you know, hardest schedule on the on the actual uh, you know on the actual season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, they've they've been good, and there's no denying that because you know they are you know phenomenal phenomenal all line, and they've proven that throughout the rest of the you know the rest of the season. But I do feel I do feel like they've had a bit of a breezy kind of run in the NFC, and uh, I think they're going to get a bit of a bloody nose in this game because, like we said, Chris Jones is just a wrecking machine, and and from from seeing what they were doing against the Bengals. They were changing their kind of uh, lineup with the defensive side, you know, the defensive line. They were, they were changing it, and mixing it up, and it was, it was my actual colleague Tom Childs from the uh, Arrowhead Pride uh, podcast team who actually said that um, in the previous game of the season against the Bengals, the Chiefs' Dean line was kind of uh, keeping things back. They, they weren't showing the hand because they they knew they were yeah. going to play at some point, you know, in the in the postseason that they you know they play the Bengals and. They changed it a lot, where they kind of left the center. Obviously, we all know him as Jason, yeah, Jason Kelsey in this in this scenario here. But um, they left the center of the Bengals just literally just on an island. It was just like, well, what's going on? I wasn't I wasn't used to this um, because they just left him. They just left a wide open gap right down the middle, um, and that's kind of what scuppered the Bengals a little bit because they had no idea what was happening. Now, obviously, we've shown our hand for that. Maybe the Eagles are going to be maybe um, expecting that. Um, from the D line this time, who knows? But Spags has impressed me quite a bit this year. He really has, and and what he's got out of these rookies has been amazing, absolutely amazing. Because 
Um, I think somebody said to me that uh, the only other team that has the most starting rookies was the Texans, and look where the Texans are. Um, and to get the Chiefs into the Super Bowl with the rookies that we've got, phenomenal. But um, I'm like studs as well. I like Nick Bolton. I've liked him since we actually picked him up. I crowed about him all 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 off season when we had his first rookie year, um, and I said, you know, this is the kid that I really like because not because of his actual playing style, but I like players that have a a reason for playing, like a backstory, and he has one of the biggest reasons for um, playing in the NFL, and it's it's very much family re- related. And if you ever watched, there was a, I think there was a, a video about it, and they did an interview about him, um, and it was he does a lot of his his playing. Uh, in the NFL for his sister. Um, I won't go into it. I won't ruin it for you. But um, his backstory was, I really kind of like, wow, wow, this kid's going to be like lighting it up because he has a a need, a a desire to actually do well. I mean, you you want, you know, any player, any NFL player wants to do well, but he had Mm -hmm. that drive. And I thought, I'm really going to, I'm really going to watch this kid, see how he evolves. And Studs is right. He has been lights out, one of the best tacklers we've had. And he's really helped in in stopping the run game, and he's he's intelligent as well, though, because he directs the play quite a bit. He directs the defense mm-hmm. quite a bit. He's going to be one. He's definitely going to be a captain at some point because he really kind of you can see him shouting at people, telling people where you know where they need to be and what he thinks is going to come next. Um, he, he, you know, we use him quite a bit as a spy for the QB spy and stuff, and he's definitely going to be key if uh, if he's fit enough and he's ready to raring to go. I think. Uh, I think Nick, Nick Bolton's going to have a bit of a game in this because he's he's very much somebody we need to rely on in this. But like I said, Spags has just been absolutely phenomenal with these kids. Um, he's just been absolutely brilliant. And I have I was calling Spags a, a little bit at the beginning of the season because I was thinking, you know, the, I could only see the Chiefs defence just going down, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially when we lost Matthew. I thought, we're just going backwards here. We're just going to regress. And I can't believe that we're the 16th best defense i really can't i i honestly think they should be higher <laughs> that's what i believe because <laughs> the eye test tells me they're doing they're doing everything right that, that i can see i've not seen any big mistakes as such um and it's 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 unusual to see that from rookies it's this is it could have been that that slow start of the, the year but it's quite ominous mm. for the rest of the the afc certainly um just how many of the young players have, have come in they've bedded in so well Mm-hmm. Got you so far this season. Hey, Brad, I'm going to stay with you. Let's turn our focus then to the the offence. Eric Bienemy has worked wonders again with the, the help of Coach Reed. Who do you think is going to be your, your standout player? Who's going to be the one that's going to be the the difference maker? We know Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is going to be that, but who is he going to enhance in this game this weekend? Who is he going to just help Shame. Do you know what? I can't get Jared McKinnon out of my head. I really can't. Yeah. I, I I think we use Jared McKinnon quite a bit um, in the passing game uh, more than the run game, and we can he can do both clearly. But I think I think with the, the amount of moving parts that the Chiefs have in the offense, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people obviously to cover, um, and we do seem to like using our kind of like three tight ends and stuff. Um, you know, um, and throwing them into the players now and again to kind of mix things up a little bit. But um, Jerry McKinnon just seems as though he's he pops up every now and again with a touchdown, you know, and short yards and stuff. And 
Uh, I think if we utilize him a little bit more, use that short game, um, I think Jerry McKinnon's definitely going to be a bit of a difference maker. I mean, you'd expect me to say like Kelsey, but I think Kelsey's going to be one of these that I think Jason Kelsey's going to tell the rest of the Eagles to keep an eye on that guy there. <laughs> 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 he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, so I, I think the, the Eagles game is going to be keep Kelsey out of the game as much as possible, which We've seen quite a lot of teams try and do that this year, uh, doubling up on Kelsey. He seems to get open. I still don't know how Kelsey gets open as much as he does, but uh, he does get doubled up quite a bit. Um, so if he can be used as a decoy and we can, you know, just let everybody loose, um, it, it, then I'm all for it. But um, I definitely think Jerry McKinnon's going to have a big, big key part in this. Um, I think the running game's got to be established as well against this against this Eagles team because. Yeah, they're pretty good and darn good in the uh, that kind of passing defense. So Pacheco, if he can get a hundred yards out of it, um, maybe a touchdown or two. Um, he's an angry little player, isn't he? <laughs> I was just about to say that. That's that's that studs boy there. Um, he is he's he's rooted for them all season. He's highlighted them. An angry player is how you've often uh, described them, studs. Is he going to be massive this Sunday night? I, I absolutely hope so. See, for the season the guys had, and again, Brad talking about Nick Bolton's backstory, there's Pacheco's another one of these players with, with quite a kind of poignant backstory as well. Um, but, so I'd, I would love to see him playing, and, and I know I have said it before, he, he literally runs like the ground has pissed him off and he wants to stab him <laughs> <laughs> every time he runs. Um, even like, uh, Harris, I'm going to do something... Um, with the boys later on in the week for Twitter and get them to pick their, their MVPs. And I think I already know who the youngest one's going to pick. Um, <laughs> so, as I say, it's I, I do think I'm going to be Brad. I think the running backs are going to be massive. Um, I think part of me part of me is thinking that as well because of how dangerous I can see Hassan Reddick being. Ooh, yeah. And as I say, I mean, we've seen some of Jared, Jared McKinnon's blocking in the past game where he just flat out lays out the the Jags uh, guy, I think it was, <laughs> in the division, uh, the wild, um, <laughs> uh, divisional. Um, he absolutely laid him out when the guy thought he was getting a free run at Mahomes and he just had to get by this running back and McKinnon just, <laughs> no, see you later. Um, mm-hmm. So I think things like that are going to be huge for the running back, so we do need them to step up. But I'm, I'm hoping Pacheco does have a big game. Dave, what about the, the wide receivers? Um Patrick Mahomes has spread the love whenever it comes to his wide receiver core throughout the, the season. But it, like you say, it's never just one guy constantly. Well, apart from Kelsey. Um, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. He's questionable just now. Uh, unfortunately, Michael Hardman's out for the season. He'll miss the game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling's there. Tony came in um, throughout the season. Even Sky Moore's had opportunities. Do you think that's going to be enough to to test the Eagles? Um, you think it'll be enough there to to put enough points up to on the board? Yeah, I think. I mean, I feel like we're recapping all, all ground here, but Andy Reid's got two weeks. He's the king of a bye week, um, yeah. and he's got two weeks to draw players up. He knows exactly how fit his players are because obviously there's questions over over a, few, a couple of the wide receivers. Um, I'm with the other two guys in in the sense that I think the run game will be massive, particularly 
um, when it comes to like McKinnon in the screen game, for instance, it would be is 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 perfect. Um, yeah. But if if there's going to be a wide receiver that pops off, I've got a sneaky feeling that Kadarius Tony could be could be that guy. Um, particularly now that Hardman's not in, we we know yeah. with that the Chiefs love to run a lot of jet sweep um, style stuff with 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 Hardman, and I think Tony fits fits that bill perfectly. But also. It's, I get the sort of sneaky feeling that it's kind of going to be similar to the OBJ thing last year where he's, he's a, a wide receiver who's not done well at another team. Um, he's got a fresh start at a new team. He's a, he's, he's, he's a superstar in waiting, Canarius Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think that, that there's a potential there for him to have a, a really big pop-off game, hopefully without the injury that, that OBJ did in the Super Bowl last year. I think the other thing hope. as well is is that, that um, Mahomes has notoriously used like eight, nine, ten receivers all season. Yeah. Um, and it's been like, it's been a surprise because we're all been expecting just Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, wasn't it? Was 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 the main go-to thing. And it was. A lot of the time it was Tyreek Hill, it was Travis Kelsey with a few little showings here and there from like Sammy Watkins and and, and, mm-hmm. and the like. But um I think this season's just proven that you know you take you take you know Mahomes' biggest toy away. Uh, he'll use another eight or nine <laughs> in, in place of that. So, He's throwing passes um, to Marcus Kemp, who has more career tackles exactly. than he catches. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that was the name it's for me as well, Kemp. So I think I think moving forward with this with this game, I think um, you know that that's got to be something that's got to be on the Eagles' mind that you know he does use a lot of receivers now, um, and it's not just his favourites anymore. He really does spread it around. I mean, look, I mean MVS. Was pretty much uh, he was the he was the main guy in the last game, but he was probably nowhere in the previous game. Um, so mm-hmm. it's that's that's the beauty of this offense is it might not have the big name players, but it has the the mindset of Andy Reid. It has the yeah. you know kind of um, just mind blowing players from Patrick Mahomes that are just come out of nowhere. Um, and how does a defensive coordinator scheme for something like this for an offense like this that? They're not all world, you know, world names. They're not even like huge names. A lot of these players, but they're getting the ball. <laughs> they're getting the ball from Patrick Mahomes, and uh, he can he can make anything happen. Um, and like I said, it's just it just seems to be something from nothing from this offense. So it it will keep them guessing, um, and I hope it does keep them guessing because that I think that's the only thing that we can have in this is this offense has to have like almost like that element of surprise. Whatever that surprise is, yeah. The Eagles will have to adapt to that towards the end of the game. I've been listening to a couple of podcasts today, and one um, mentioned the similarities between the 2016, I think it was, um, Patriots and this Chiefs team, um, Mahomes um, and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. It's kind of like your your comparison with uh, Brady Gronkowski there as well so you can kind of see the the similarity to that side this is your third Super Bowl in what four years yeah yeah do you feel does it feel like there's a bit of unfinished business after the 2020 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers studs do you think Mahomes is going out to to set things right and I've been holding off saying this all, all podcast but 
if you guys win this, is this the start of a possible dynasty? Because you seem to be well set up for it. You've got some incredible talents and players. Your coaching staff there is incredible as well. Could this be the the, the catapult that's going to propel you forward into that, that stratosphere? I, ultimately, it could. But I think, it, well, again, I think you can bring yourself back back down here to be bit and say, right, it would be a setting Super Bowl. Do you know what I mean? So, as I say, as great as that will be, I think it's still just a wee bit early to talk about Dynasty because you want to start... I mean, see if we'd done back-to-back, I would mm-hmm. think then I think the hype would have just went into the stratosphere. I really do. I think if we'd went back-to-back, I don't think that you would have been able to stop anybody kind of bumping it up as the next Dynasty. I just think we've had that wee lull where, yeah, we've lost in the... Um, lost the championship game, we've obviously lost the Super Bowl, we are always there or thereabouts, and again, as Dave said, the cliche is, when you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got a chance, um, do you know what I mean, so I do think, it'd be great to turn around and say to you, just a straight off the cuff, aye, of course, this is this is the next dynasty, we're <laughs> going to keep doing this, we'll be here every year talking about this, and, and things like that, but again, reality, reality is, it's difficult to win multiple and mm-hmm. consistent Super Bowls. It's the Patriots was like that's just an absolute freak show what was going on there. Do you know what I mean? And how they managed to kind of do that just now. So yeah, it I, I think from my perspective, looking back at the the Tampa loss in the Super Bowl, for me when I'm sitting watching that game and it wasn't on Mahomes. I think Mahomes done everything he possibly could. When you're a kid, man. Oh, <laughs> when you see them flying through the air sideways, putting it right on the money for that ball to hit Darryl off the Williams. face mask. Yeah. Williams. Hit off the face mask and you're just like, oh my God, fucking catch that. <laughs> Mahomes has literally flew to get you the ball. Do you know what I mean? Mahomes did everything he could. And again, that's where... Dave started said at the start we had at such fine margins we lost our entire O line pretty much um, in the lead up to that Super Bowl mm. and and it showed you're going against the Bucks who was was a dominant defense and it left Mahomes running for his life so it was a it was a hard watch um, it was a hard one to swallow but we've obviously we went out straight away and Brett Veach tried tried to kind of fix it straight off the bat and mm. we had the Orlando Brown trade. Joe Thune coming in. Um, who am I missing? Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. Oh my God, I Trace love that Smith. guy. <laughs> and yeah. Trey Smith as well. Just the, I mean, that's two rookies that they brought in as well. And I mean, again, they, they hit the ground running. They were through straight in last year as rookies. Creed Humphrey saying, I've Trey Smith in there as well. And those guys didn't look out of place with mm-hmm. the experienced guys like Thune and um, Brown and I mean the our O line is is one of our one of our massive strengths now and again you seen that last week against the Bengals, um, Mahomes didn't get touched and for a guy that had one leg he, he, mm. he didn't look under, in any danger for the most part of the game so it's a credit to Brett Beach for his recruiting in that side and hopefully the O line's there to stand up and and drive us on to another Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it big time. Brad, on you go. No, I was going to say, just going off what Studs was saying there, the, um, you know, the dynasty talk, yeah, I mean, you can't talk about it yet because they haven't won multiple Super Bowls yet, but I think if they do win this one, 
you can start mm -hmm. that conversation because yeah. not only because if they've won this one and it's you know it's third Super Bowl uh, that they've reached in four years, but also the way that the draft has been going as well because. You know, as Studs was saying, we've picked up some good rookies at the O-line. We've picked up some great rookies on the on the defensive side. You know, we've got a good solid three, four years now more of actually getting some good value out of these rookies because they seem like seasoned veterans, a lot of them. I mean, look at look at Trent McDuffie. I mean, you wouldn't even think he was a, a rookie, the way yeah. he's playing. Um, you know, when you mentioned the rookies, no, everybody seems to forget Trent McDuffie. Um, but yeah. he, he is a rookie and he's been playing lights out. So, you know, the Chiefs are very well set up now because if they've managed to kind of navigate past the Bengals who are now in their um, their year where they're having to pay the quarterback, they're having to pay the wide receivers, they're having to pay, you know, there's yeah. so many mouths to feed on that team now. You can see a team like the Bengals probably dropping away because of, you know, they haven't been drafting as good as, as what the Chiefs have. So the Chiefs have got all the pieces and all they need to do is just add a few little more. If they keep doing the, the draft the way they're going, you know, this team could be a, a real kind of dynasty, you know, like, like what we're talking of, you know, almost Patriots level. But I don't want to get too carried away because, you know, it's it's difficult to do that. It really is difficult. <laughs> to do that. Um, and like you said, we did see what happened in the in the previous Super Bowl, which was, I mean, that was that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare game. If there was ever a game that would say that was the worst game as a Chiefs fan, it was the Super Bowl 55 because... It was against Brady. I can't stand Brady. Um, <laughs> I, I I didn't want him. I didn't want Mahomes losing to Brady, and I didn't want Mahomes losing to Brady in that fashion. Uh, mm. It didn't seem like a fair matchup. Um, and I suppose, in a way, in this this game, Chiefs Eagles, there is a bit of a mismatch here. I think um, if you're looking at the level of players that they've got, I mean, the wide receivers are studs that they've got the, at, at the Eagles. Mm -hmm. um, you know the defense is brilliant. The all the all lines brilliant, um, and the Chiefs are almost like banged up and they're like limping into the in, limping into the stadium in Arizona. Like, come on, then let's have a game. Literally, like, no quite bell. literally. Yeah, I didn't hear no bell. Um, so <laughs> it just that's what it feels like in this game. But um, hopefully they can overcome it and hopefully they can put some demons. I mean, we we put some demons to bed, I suppose, against the Bengals, and let's hope we can do that in this Super Bowl. Fantastic. Dave, I'm going to come to you. I'm looking for your predictions. What do you think the, first of all, will your team win? And what do you think the, the score will be this Sunday? I am I find myself flip-flopping a little bit. I think it's going to be really, really tight. I do think it's, I think it, I think it's going to be three points in it at max. Um, and I keep, I keep thinking like, obviously that, that pass rush is, is, is pretty good um, for the, for the Eagles. And if they can use four and get pressure to Mahomes, then then it's going to be a difficult game. But as we've said before, the the all the Chiefs all line is not the same all line it was two years ago, um, so it's not going to be the same type of game where Mahomes is scrambling for his life. Yeah. So I find myself thinking more that the Chiefs are going to win by three than than lose by three. But I think I'll probably flip and flop a couple more times before before Sunday. Um and I mean I mean I'm a Bolton Wanderers fan as well. So like the pessimist in me is always is is always out. So I always think, oh no, it can't be, it can't possibly be. Um and then obviously like 
when we're when we're talking about the potential dynasty of of the Chiefs, like the first year that we got to that, that like Mahomes' first year starting when he got to that AFC Championship game, and it was in overtime, and the fashion that 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 with the D Ford offsides and the fashion that that um, that transpired, I'm thinking being the, the Bolton fan that I am, I'm thinking this is never going to happen with the Chiefs. This is never going to happen. And then obviously the, the fashion that the, the actual Super Bowl win actually happened as well in the sense that they, they went 10 points up and you're thinking, oh my days, this is just, Mahomes just couldn't get started in that game. And then obviously you had, um, what's the play I'm thinking of? Uh, the Jeff one with Chip Tyreek Hill. Jet Chip Wasp, that's the one. Um, uh, when, when, Obviously, you've got you've you've got all of that, and um, yeah. So I think all of that makes me flip and flat between the two. But I, I, yep. I think it'll be I think it'll be tight. But I think it'll be Chiefs by three. Chiefs by three. Studs, who are you going for? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going. To, I'm, I think I'm says in our chat. Can I, your heart, your head. Can I can sometimes go against you? But I'm going. I'm going to go with the heart on this one, and um, definitely think. The, the more I, the more I do think about it, I kinda, I'm bringing my head on side with my heart. And like Dave was saying, I think as I, as we've been kind of talking, I'm kind of talking about our de- talking up our defense and how good it's <laughs> been and things like that. So, and then Brad these points about as well that the Eagles haven't been tested and things like that. So I, I I'm thinking the Chiefs won. I do think it'll be tight. Um, I was going to try and piss Kev off and just say a blowout, like 42 7 or something. <laughs> just kind of yeah. In fact, screw it, aye, 42 7 to the Chiefs stuff. I'll just annoy Kev. I'll let, I'll let him have his comeback on the Eagles chat. <laughs> Fantastic. Brad, um, what about yourself? Uh, are you going for a blowout as well for this one? I, I'm going I'm going for a confident win. I really am. Um, I think, like I said before, I think the element surprise, I think that might be uh, key here if we change some kind of schemes there not only on offense but on defense as well um i think spags we've got somebody there who's i mean he's probably one of the 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 best defensive coordinators in the league right now um and he's proven me wrong again (laughs) because when he first came in i was thinking really really is he gonna be that good um but i think i think the chiefs have got that element of surprise and i think because of the way mahomes is spreading the ball around uh, the the fact that we've actually got a run game now, we didn't really have a kind of run game again yeah. in the last Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's another key thing. And um, but again, not only that, we've got a we've got a young defense that's, that's really wanting to win and wanting to make sure that um, it, you know they get Mahomes and Cole back on the field as quickly as possible. So I'm going with like I'm going for something like 34-17 Chiefs. I, I think I think the occasion is going to be a bit too big for Jalen Hurts. I think if the Chiefs manage to keep him in the pocket rather than actually letting him spill out, which is going to be difficult, especially with that whole line uh, creating the holes. But if we if we find a way, that's got to be the way of keeping him in the pocket, keeping just passing the ball um, and just hoping that the uh, the Chiefs rookie corners are, are actually going to be able to, to pull it off. Fantastic. Guys, I've got to say I'm, I'm absolutely torn myself. I'm kind of hoping you guys win because I don't want to hear Jalen Hurts singing anymore. <laughs> then, Nobody wants that. You'd rather listen to the singer. <laughs> but then if uh, if you guys win, then my home's brother and he's, his girlfriend's just going to be absolutely intolerable. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a hard one to hard one to call. I think you have convinced me that I'll probably be rooting for the the Chiefs for this one. Um, that just leaves me to say my my thanks to you guys. 
Dave, thanks very much for you were a late call up to it, but I've got to say you've been like one of the rookies for the 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 D this season. You've you've <laughs> stepped up to the mark. You've been absolutely tremendous, Thank mate. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, uh, Brad. I really appreciate it. Um, from uh, was that Arrowhead uh, Pride? Yeah. Arrowhead Pride uh, at Brit Chief UK. You can find you on Twitter. I'll, I'll cheer you. Your links and get some followers for everybody um, when we <laughs> post this on Tuesday. <laughs> I really do appreciate your your time, mate. It's been great fun talking to you, uh, and good luck for Sunday. I uh, know. I appreciate it, mate. Any time to talk about Chiefs, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, hopefully, get you guys all back on uh, again soon. Studs, we're going to have to rush. I think you've got another appointment this evening. Is that right? Busy no, lad. Am I, am, I, am, I, am I on? Am I on again tonight? Are no, I don't think I am. No. Just before, just not. before we go. I do have a question, and I'm going to. It's for Brad. So, Brad, purely put you in the spot a wee bit. You are a king of hype videos, and I, and I see them on Twitter. Oh, yeah. They're so good. They're so good. Are we expecting any hype videos for yourself in the lead up to Sunday? There might be one coming along. I'm like, I don't know yet. It might be. Might be. Um, I, I, I kind of did a little slow one that, that, that I thought, just let's just tone it down a little bit this weekend. Just, you know, keep it on the low down. It's it's a bit of a reflection one, but um, I might have to get something that's a bit more hypey, I think, for the next one. Yeah, no, good stuff. Appreciate you saying that. that. Cheers, man. No hassle, man. Honestly, the I'll send you the money in the post. <laughs> <laughs> He's minted for the Legion of Zoom stuff, anyway. So that would be quite good stuff. Just say that a few times, you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, really do appreciate it. Thanks very much. Um, make sure this will be going out on Tuesday. Everybody will be here on that. Um, have a wonderful week. I hope you have a, a great game. On Sunday, I hope it. I hope it's one that neutrals are going to really enjoy as well because NFL in the UK, especially, is really, really taking off, and that's mm. why we get to do things like this. We just enjoy talking football, uh, and I'm really looking forward to watching the, the game on Sunday. Uh, you can follow us uh, on uh, Twitter at Gridiron Crew. We've got a competition on just now where you can win an NFL top or a beanie or an NFL ball. Uh, we'll be doing the draw live on Sunday evening, so get involved with that. Um, look forward to hearing more from Chiefs fans uh, in the run-up to the game of the week. And thanks very much for listening, everyone. 